Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving, praying at the same time for us as well, that God will open up to us a door for his word, so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ, for which I have also been imprisoned, that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. Conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. Now, if you would, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. First of all, then I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men. Amen. You know, uh, I've had the privilege, and I underline the word privilege of meeting with the pastor often. And we've been talking about this subject this morning of prayer. And it's funny because, well, it's not really funny, but, but I mentioned that, uh, to Steve, we were talking to Nancy before the service, and in my years of preaching, it never fails that whatever I'm preaching on feeds me and convicts me. And I look at myself and say, are you guilty of this? Of course you are sometimes. But I thank God that um, he has put this on my heart. And when I told Pastor Steve I decided to preach on prayer, he was happy because we've been talking about this a lot. And, and believe me, you have a praying pastor. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times he's called my wife up just at home to say, how are you are? Can I pray with you? I mean, in myself as well. Prayer is so important, isn't it? And yet, as believers, I think sometimes we lack to know exactly what effective fervent prayer really truly is. I have a... Um, set of questions I want to ask you now and at the end of my message. And listen to me, I want you to take this sermon to heart today. I want you to know that it applies to you, not your neighbor, not your friend, not your spouse, you. And when I ask you these questions, I want you to truly ask your heart privately with God. If you want to write them down, that's fine. Because I think you need to ask them quite frequently. And it's these questions. What does your prayer life look like this morning? Are you persistent in your prayers? Are your prayers passionate? How much time do you spend thanking God for all He has done for you? Who are you praying for? Is there anyone in your life that you are praying for to get saved? (laughs) 
You know, uh, there's an author called F.B. Meyer. Maybe you've read some of his books. This book is called The Secret of Guidance. And he says this, The great tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer. It's unoffered prayer. Let me read that to you again. The great tragedy of life, and I quote him, is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. Instead of being, it's something we do every day, like walk and talk and eat and breathe. It seems and we associate prayer only when we're in trouble. It's a time of crisis. We have to go to prayer. And sometimes we limit our prayers to exactly that, almost, all the time. In fact, there's a story I want to tell you. There's a story about a man who encountered a bit of trouble while he was flying his small aircraft airplane. He called the control tower and said, Pilot the tower, I'm 300 miles from the airport, 600 feet from the ground, and I'm out of fuel. I'm descending rapidly. Please advise. Over. Tower to pilot. The dispatcher began. Repeat after me. Our Father, who art in heaven. <laughs> he was in crisis. You know, in Colossians, that Tim read this morning, Paul was somebody who understood prayer. Didn't he? he understood the power of prayer. And you know, he took it for granted that everyone here would think of prayer as important as he did. And sometimes I think he didn't understand um, that's not always true. It's hard. In fact, I'm going to say it's impossible to be a committed Christian and not pray. Prayer is the pipeline of communications between you and God, and between God and someone who loves Him and who loves, loves us. It's, a, it's the pipe. There's two ways you, you, you speak to God or you hear from God. Tell me the first one. The Bible. The Bible is our communications link between us and God. The second one is prayer. Prayer is the pipeline. Us and God. God and us. Us and God. This is the vital part of our Christian walk. I'm going to try to help you understand what fervent prayer truly is this morning. First of all, I believe you need to pray with persistence. Persistence. Paul is saying, devote yourselves to prayer in Colossians. Devote yourself to prayer, or continue earnestly in prayer. This can be translated, persist in. Persist in. Persist in prayer. It's not an option for a Christian. It's an order from the Lord himself. Devote yourself, he says. Devote yourself. Persist in prayer. Two parables Jesus taught was in Luke 18. The other in Luke 11. In Luke 18, there was this, there was this judge, and he was, <coughs> didn't like people, wasn't a believer, and this woman kept coming to him saying, hey, listen, you have to take care of my enemies, please. He, he, he just kept turning her down, turning her down. But she persisted. She bugged him, nagged him. Finally, he did what she asked just to get rid of her. 
God uses that to say to us, be persistent. Don't give up. Isn't that true? Sometimes we pray and we pray and we pray and we get tired of praying and so we stop. We stop praying for that thing or whatever it is. I know people that took 10 years to be saved because one person was praying for them every day. And our natural state is to say, okay, God, forget it. I'm not praying anymore. God wants you to never give up. That's what he says. Luke eleven nine. listen to this. This is where we find promise that says, ask, and that shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find it. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. You know what that means translated? Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Don't give up. Jesus does not want us to give up in prayer. In fact, he instructs us many ways and many times in his scriptures, many places to be persistent in our prayer. Do not give up. Satan wants you to give up, doesn't he? Absolutely. He wants you to drag you apart from your pipeline to God. And he wants you to stop. But God says, be persistent in your praying. Don't ever give up. I think sometimes we give up. I have in my life at times. But God always brings me back to the realization that he's there. And that he wants me to keep on praying. Be persistent. Pray with passion. Would you say Jesus was passionate in his prayers? <laughs> it was something that he was always doing, was praying. That should be a lesson in itself to us. If we're going to imitate Christ. In Luke chapter 3, verse 1, in his baptism, while he was praying, what happened? The heavens were open. And I'm going to tell you this morning, if you pray with passion, the heavens will open to you. Do you know that? If you pray with passion, passion, Lord, the heavens will open for you, just like it did Jesus. In Luke 6, 12, before he called his disciples, before he called them, he spent the whole night in prayer. Passionate prayer, my friends gives us direction. Passionate prayer gives you direction. Gives me direction. Where to go? Lord, I've got this decision to make and I'm not sure where to go. Please, show me the way. Open the door. Close the door. Just show me the way. Guess what he does? He shows you the way. I wonder how passionate you truly are in your prayers. Luke chapter 9, 29, and his transfiguration. And we don't talk about that enough. Read it sometimes. While he was praying, the appearance of his face became different. His clothing became white and gleaming. I'm going to tell you that passionate prayer enables us to experience the glory of our Father. 
the glory of our Heavenly Father. John 17, in his high priestly prayer, he realized his time was just about over. And he's saying to God, my hour has come. Please, honor me so that I may honor you. And in the end, lead people to Christ. Passionate prayer impacts the lives of others. It impacts the lives of others. Matthew's 29, 26-39 in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed. What a passionate prayer that was. My goodness. He wept while he was praying. And it's only through passionate prayer that we can pour out our hearts to God. Have you ever poured your heart out to God? Poured it out? Sometimes I think, I hope I don't anger you men, we have a hard time letting go. We just do. My heart's always been with men's ministry all through my, path, my, my prayer, or my uh, pa- um, being a pastor, and even now I, I lead a men's Bible study. Because I have a heart for, for men. Because men have a hard time letting go. I was having a very hard time in my life years and years ago before I even met Joan. And I contemplated suicide. And my pastor was a passionate man. He said to me, Bill, start reading Psalms. And you know why Psalms helped me? Because David poured out his heart to God. And it taught me to pour my heart out. Don't leave anything on don't don't leave anything out. Just let it loose. Tell God how you think, how you feel. He knows anyway. I wonder if you've ever gotten on your knees and just poured out your heart to God. As he hung on the cross, <laughs> he showed passionate prayer, all right. It helps us understand that even in the most difficult times. We can keep our spirit. Even in the most troubled times, we can still keep our spirit close with the Lord. Because He's there. He will never leave you or never forsake you. He's there. And then James 5.16 says, The effective prayer, fervent prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. How about praying with thanks, thankfulness? How many times you take time just to thank God without asking Him for anything? Just simply thanking Him for who He is and what He is and what He's done and how He blesses your life and how He's part of your life and how He's given you the Holy Spirit to indwell in you, to convict you, to strengthen you, to help you, to guide you, direct you. All those things. Ephesians 5.20 tells us, uh, the thanksgiving is the most is a natural result of being filled and walking under the Spirit's power, under the influence of the Holy Spirit. It's a natural result being thankful, isn't it? That verse says, giving thanks for everything to God the Father. For everything. Philippians 4, 6 tells us to be anxious for nothing. Boy, that's a hard one. <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> How many here has never been anxious? Raise your hand. 
good if you... If, listen, our natural self wants us to be anxious about a lot of things, but God says, no, don't be anxious for anything. But in everything, everything we should pray. Giving thanks, giving thanks as we make our petitions known. If I asked you right now to make a list of all the things you're thankful for, would you have enough room on your page? I doubt it. Well, how many times we take time of our day just to sit down just for a minute and thank God? Even in a bad day, we can thank God that you're still living and breathing this air and having an opportunity to worship Him. Even in tough times, we can thank Him that He's there. That He's there. My wife doesn't thank God for her cancer, but she thanks God that He's there for her. He's carrying her through it. That's what I'm talking about. Next is praying with intercession. There's another word I like to use. It's called supplication because it, it denotes grace and humbleness. It's praying for others. Isaiah 53, 12, the Bible says, He himself bore our sins of many and interceded for the transgressors, didn't he? Luke 22, 23, Jesus tells Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. On the cross, Jesus was praying for others when he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now let me ask you something. If God can forgive those who whipped him and pounded nails in his body and hung him on the cross, why can't you forgive sometimes when somebody wrongs you? It's so hard, God. How could I ever forgive that person? There's a whole other message on that put up. Maybe someday I'll preach it when I get an opportunity. Can you imagine God saying, God, please, they don't know what they're doing. Please forgive them. As he hung, dying on the cross. Thankfulness. Intercession. Praying for others. Praying for others and praying for others. And forgiving others. You know, all in all, Paul wanted our prayers to be in accordance with God's will. <clears throat> Not simply after the greedy desires of our own heart. He says, ask, and you shall receive. But you need to ask in his name. He says, in my name, I'll grant you. Because God has a will that sometimes doesn't agree with our wills. As a natural person, it never will. God has a will for your life. Do you know that? He has a plan for your life. He has a will for your life. And His will is found in the Scripture, first of all. His will is that you are saved. That you know Christ. That you know that when you die from there, you're going to heaven to be in glory with Him forever. That's His will for your life. That's why He died. And rose again, so you may have life everlasting with him. But he has other things that he wants you to do. One of the 
maybe Pastor Bob would say the same thing, or Pastor Steve, when I was asked as a pastor, one of the most questions is, how, how do I know what, what God wants me to do? How do, how do I pray for that? You know what I mean? How do I pray for God's desire to become stronger than my own desire? You need to be broken. You need to be committed. You need to be, you need to, be to surrender to God in every, everything. And he'll give you direction. He'll show you his will. What is God's will for my life? How, I bet if I was to ask every one of you if you understood God's will for your life, I bet some of you would say, no, I don't. How do I find out what God's will is? It's in the scripture, and it's found through prayer. Somehow God, through the Holy Spirit, convicts your heart. He lets you know. He lets you know what his will is for your life. But you first have to know the scriptures to understand the basic will for God's for our life through God, to be faithful, to be obedient, to walk it, to imitate ourselves after Christ. Those are God's wills for your life. And then he has a special plan for you, a gift that he's given to every believer to use for his glory. I wonder how many of us are seeking that. Prayer opens our spiritual eyes and enables us to get in touch with what God is doing and how he is doing it. Prayer forces us to be on God's timetable. Oh, not our own. <laughs> Praying with intercession or supplication. Before we get into the five parts of prayer, which you're going to be part of this morning, let me ask you again. What does your prayer life look like this morning? Are you persistent in your prayers? Are you praying with passion? How much time has you spent thanking God for what he has done for you? And are you praying for somebody else's soul to be saved? You know, we have these boxes up here that Pastor Steve prays for. There's got to be somebody in your life that's not saved that you know. Are you praying for them? When you picture that person saying to you when he enters hell, you are my best friend. Why didn't you tell me about Jesus? Why? You ever think of it that way? Most of the time, sometimes, not most of the time, sometimes we say, well, we're going to heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We fail to think about our neighbor or our whoever. Listen, there's five parts of prayer. You've probably heard this, but I want to take some time in prayer this morning. The five parts of prayer are Acts, A-C-T. You've probably heard this, S, Acts. And when I go to prayer, I like to follow these four parts because they help me to concentrate on what how I should be praying. The first one's adoration. When you start your prayers out, do you pray? Do you adore God? Do you spend time just adoring Him in your prayers? Saying, oh God, you're so beautiful. 
You're so faithful. You're so forgiving. You're so merciful. It's not thanking him yet. It's just adoring him, taking time to adore him. So what I want you to do this morning is I want you to, we're going to go to prayer. If you have any words that you'd like to speak out loud in adoration, please do. If not, just silently bow your heads now. Close your eyes, concentrate on him this morning. If you'd like just to give words of adoration, please do. If not, out loud to yourself. Let's pray. Yes. Praise you, God, for being holy, perfectly holy. I like to go to prayers of confession. I don't expect you to pray out loud your sins to everybody here, but let's take some silent time and search your heart just for a moment. See if there's anything you need to confess. Maybe it's because you haven't been faithful in your prayers. I don't know. Only you know your heart as God knows it. So let's just go to prayers of confession. Let's go to prayer of thanksgiving. Anybody would like to thank God out loud? Fine. If not, please. Just silently thank Him. 
There's so many things to thank him for. I thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Any prayers of thanksgiving? Thank you, Lord. Allows one supplication, praying with humbleness for others who need our prayers. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word. I just pray, Heavenly Father, that my words were your words, Holy Spirit. They might first touch my heart, which they have, and convict me. And then causing all of us to look at ourselves earnestly and honestly, God, from our heart to say, God, 
do I have effective, fervent prayer? Am I faithful in my praying? Am I praying with compassion? Am I praying with persistence? Am I praying with intercession? Lord, help us all to know in a personal way, God, Jesus Christ, the Savior and Lord. I pray for any soul here today sitting in these pews that hasn't understood their need for Christ to believe in His finished work on the cross and in His resurrection to new life by simply just saying, Lord, I'm a sinner, forgive me. Please, I believe that You are the Son of God. Please come into my life to be my Savior. I pray that each one of us here know You. If not, Lord, they will seek someone else out that may be able to help them understand. Thank you, Heavenly Father, again, for this time together. We lift these up to you. In Jesus' name, amen.